Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part six in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. You know, I share this with a lot of the guys. It's just like I got to a point where it's like if nobody was around, I would get ready in the dark, you know, not leave a put a light on in the bathroom. I would just get ready in the dark so I didn't have to look at myself. And I think for myself and most people, because I've heard people talk about there gets a point to where you look yourself in the eyes and it's just like you don't even recognize the person you used to be. Um, And so that was the biggest motivator for me. And um, I called my sister up. Um, and so my brother-in-law, his father's a pastor and he's been a pastor we just retired, but he was a pastor for 43 years and Wes knew your dad for, you know, almost two decades up when he started the refuge and his name's Jerry Poff and he's always had a special place for drug ministry. And, um, ironically, they tried to get me into the refuge, like maybe three or four years prior. And I remember talking to somebody on the phone about a farm and thinking, well, like, you know, that's cool. I like gardening and vegetables. And, and then he talked about how long it was and, you know, how, you know, I can't see my family. And I was just like, yeah, no, thanks. And, you know, and so I remember calling up and just being like, yeah, maybe you can call Jerry and let me see if I, and if I can come in uh, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Um, and what's ironic is when she called me back that morning and she was just like, if you're serious, and this was a Wednesday, she was just like, you know, just don't do any drugs and he'll pick you up Monday morning. And why I said it was ironic was it's just like I just had this, you could call it like a, a, a peace and a contentment because I didn't ask any questions. I just said, okay. I didn't ask what this place is called. I didn't ask how long it is. I didn't ask what can you do? What can you not do? I was just like, I'll be ready. I was just told pack a big bag. And I was just like, all right, I'll be ready Monday. Um, And I think part of that was if I would have looked it up and saw how long this place was and, you know, all about it, maybe that was a reasoning I probably wouldn't have came. And so, yeah, that was my main reasoning for coming in. Um, And uh, when you're talking about just this peace and joy, um, I talked about a little bit before. Well, I'll start with this. This is, you know, when I was at the church, you know, I thought I was going to like, you know, a traditional rehab. Um, and I was a little disappointed that I wasn't. Um, and I remember like, you know, back then they used to show the video on orientation. You would watch it and, you know, Wes, your dad would talk or, you know, Austin, you would talk. And, and I was just like, all right, you know, like I grew up, you know, Catholic, so I have no problem with Jesus and this idea of, you know, a discipleship ministry. But at that point I was just like, God's the the furthest thing right now that I'm worried about. And, um, through a lot of my addiction, when I quit, I relied on God. And, and over those eight years, the more I failed, the more I attached that and, and convinced myself that I was not worthy of God. Cause I made a bunch of promises to God and I broke them. And I was just like, yep, I'm, I'm definitely damned and going to hell type of thing. Um, and I remember thinking I'm not doing 13 months, but I knew I needed some time. And, but at the same time, I was just like, what other option do you have right now? So I was like, just give this a shot. Um, so I'm coming into the refuge. I, 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 I hate myself. I despise myself. I want nothing to do with God. Um, and you know, I get down there and, you know, I'm just like, not really sure about this place. And, um, I think it was a Tuesday night and, you know, two days into this, I'm withdrawing, you know, back then everybody pretty much withdrew at the farm, you know, everyone came in, you know, either doing stuff that night or that morning. And, it was the second night and it was a, a praise and worship. 
And, you know, prior to this, I hated Christian music. I thought it was corny. I really thought it was corny. And, you know, I've gone to a lot of churches and I had a lot of friends that you want to say when you're talking about Catholic and Protestants, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a Protestant church, you know, this Sunday. And, you know, they would have praise and worship. And I was the guy in the stands, you know, mocking everyone and being like, look at all these fake people. But I was also a realist because I knew that there was people in there genuinely worshiping God. And I was very jealous of that because, like I told you, like for me growing up, it was always like family, then God. And so I was just like, I can never be that. I want to be that. But for me, it's just not. I don't have the answer to that riddle. And I'm never going to have it. Um, and plus, you know, all these times I failed God, you know, throughout my recovery and my addiction. Um, and so there's praise and worship. And, you know, I remember, you know, the coordinator, his name was John Lucas at the time. And he was just like, you know, if you guys want to do backflips, run up and down and scream and shout. And I just remember thinking, like I said, I'm withdrawing. I'm just like, I'm not going to make it here. And if guys start going crazy and screaming, shouting hallelujah, I was like, I'm out. I'm, I'm, and of course that started happening. And, you know, I was all in my feelings, but as you know the minutes pass and it, it was a while since i prayed and so kind of like what i said in the pews where i was just like well i'm here now what other options do i have you know i kind of had that same mentality i was like well it's a praise and worship and i'm here and well this is a ministry so maybe you should just try to pray and see what happens and the prayer was really more of me cursing god and angry with god it was it was more just like you know why did you make me this way you know this is all your fault. You know, why is this the life I have? Um, but then it slowly kind of start turning a little bit, you know, me starting to ask other questions like, you know, if this is a ministry and it looks like it is, you know, I, I believe that you had some part in here, part in me coming here. So why am I here? And then it kind of turned into demands, you know, if this is your doing, show me a sign, you know, and I need to have it to be like, you know, I don't want to see a bird fly across, you know, the valley, you know, out there and, Vinton County. I was like, it needs to be evident and I need you to show yourself to me, which was good because I got that all out. But the turning point for me was later that night was because I, I was withdrawn, so I couldn't sleep. And, you know, I'm, I was, at that point, I was literally just walking around the house at, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And um, I, I gave myself like this ultimatum. Like I said, my whole life, I've always believed in God and Jesus but I've always been too much of a coward to actually live out those beliefs. And I hate hypocrites. And I was just like, you're being a hypocrite right now. And so I was just like, okay, either you acknowledge this belief and start living it. Or if you don't think you could live it, because at that point I didn't think I could love God above all things. I knew what the Bible called us to do. And like I told you, like, I just didn't know how to love God and put him first. I didn't think I had to answer that riddle. I was just like, if you don't think you can do this, then you need to disown God. You know, basically, what's your choice going to be, Matthew? And I went back and forth, and and ultimately, I, I I was like, I can never disown that God does not exist and that Jesus is not our Lord and Savior. I was like, I can't do that. And so the turning point for me is, I think that's the first time I actually prayed a real, real prayer, and I prayed a prayer to His will, not my own, where I basically said, God, I can't disown you. I believe that you are real, but I don't know how to love you above all things. And I don't know how to be a Christian man. I need your help to do those things. And the next day and the days after that, the something in me changed. And, and kind of when I asked for those demands, like little things started happening. And I was still, you know, suspicious, but that was the beginning point of me of allowing God to work in me and him to reveal himself. 
Um, and then, you know, long answer to your question, Wes, is just like, as I started working through the, the ministry and getting the second phase, second phase was my favorite phase because I started learning how to like myself again. And I started learning how to love myself again through Christ. And then I started being proud of myself and I started getting my confidence back. And I tell this to the guys a lot too, is just, you know, the things I'm most grateful for is this relationship with God. Like I keep saying, I never thought I could actually have because I didn't think I had the riddle to the, the, or the answers to that riddle. And so the relationship that I have with God that also transitions to, you know, what we're called to do in this, this community and this body that we have in the, in the friends that I've made with the refuge. The third thing is my freedom back. The fact that I can have hopes and dreams and, uh, you know, and there's nothing stopping me. Like I am of sound mind, body, and spirit to be able to go after those things. And so all those things together sustains me and pushes me forward. Dude, that's so good. I think just, I'm so grateful for you and proud of you. Um, it's amazing to just hear your, some of your story today. Um, I'd love to to talk more. I think in the future, I just think that it's so good to have you on this team. It's so good to hear from you. I think just as we bring this conversation to a close, like what we often ask this question, but I'm, I'm super curious from you, just knowing that there's at least somebody that's going to hear this, that's really struggling. Like what would you, I guess, what would you want to say to that person? I think what I would want to say, and it's, the thing I like to say to myself just to encourage me and, you know, the Bible is full of so many promises that the God of our universe says that he will give us. And it, and it's based off of two things that Jesus asked us to do. They're simple. They're not easy, but they're simple. And it's, he says, love God above all things, you know, and there's a second part of that. It's just like be in communion with God and then, you know, love your neighbor more than yourself. And then again, it's like, how can you love your neighbor if you're not in community with your neighbors? Um, and so you love God and spend time with them and you love your neighbor and you spend time with them. Two things, then like all the promises in the Bible are given unto you. Two very simple practices, not easy, but practices. Um, that's what I would encourage them. And it's like, you do those two very simple things, then you will have a life full of peace, contentment, joy. And there's nothing better than that. When you have your own peace and joy, nothing gets better than that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the relational recovery podcast. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. We'll see you then.